Gracious Losers Podcast, episode 31. This is Paul. This is Casey. This is Paul. That's a weird way to start an episode, isn't it? This is Paul. <laughs> this, is, this is Paul. This is Paul. <laughs> God. I'm Paul. You think we're uh, we're out of practice, but we recorded last week. Yeah. But we're back together in the same room. Here we are. That's what it is. I think yeah. I'm just nervous around you. That's... I don't blame you. Um, so we're going to go a little bit off of the uh, the normal script that we we stick to sports generally but we're gonna go uh kind of movie music heavy today um there are a few sports things i want to touch on before we uh we get into the meat of the podcast today but uh first as usual casey what are we drinking uh well the only thing i've had so far is from belching beaver brewery um where's that from anyway you told me oceanside california oceanside california uh it was it's (laughs) good it's a was a hazy yeah yeah uh I had to take another drink. Yeah. It's, it's a solid hazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good yeah. name. It's a great can. Great can. It's just the What's silhouette the from hops? Seven. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. Yep. Silhouette from Seven. Well, yeah. What about you? Oh, uh, gosh. I have a couple I haven't opened here. I got a uh, our friends at Matchless. It's a classic American Pilsner, it says, mm. called the Nitty Gritty. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. And then a, um, gosh, I don't know if it's a hazy or not. I'm assuming it's a hazy based off the can. That's it. Uh, it's from Three Magnets. It's called Chasing Fog. Mm. And I didn't see on there when it said what style it was, and I'm not really that concerned about it. Three Magnets is usually pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid. So doing normal stuff. Um, yeah, so exciting. And then we have some uh, that we have. What's the one over there? We've had it before. We've had it. We got a yeah. bunch of it for its uh, Windy Hill. It's a good uh, New England style. Yeah. Um, McKellar Brewing in San Diego. Yep. Windy Hill. I think it's. I think it's like their flagship or something. Cool. It's solid, though. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, sports-wise. Sure. A few things I want to talk about that actually aren't basketball or Blazers related. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is I want to read you a story, and I heard this on the radio today. Okay. And I want to read you a story, and this is, in my opinion, this is one of the coolest things that's happened in sports in the last 30 years. Okay. So, and it's about hockey. Yeah. I'm going to go upstairs real quick. Hot, no, some hot hockey talk. Right. Get ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. This is probably the only time it's ever going to happen. Um, so, uh, a couple nights ago, Saturday night, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs were at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are hockey teams. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> End <man>. of story. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just named two hockey teams yeah. for you. Nailed it. Crushed <laughs> it. Uh, so it says here, I'm, I'm reading, this is a, a, the article I found that I'm reading off of is from Time from Time.com, Time Magazine. Um, after two goaltenders were forced to bow out of a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday, the Carolina Hurricanes had to turn to an unlikely source for help. Emergency backup goalie, 42-year-old David Ayers. Mm. So uh, David Ayers, apparently, is the building operations manager for the AHL team, which is a minor league hockey team, the Toronto Marlies. He's also their Zamboni driver. <laughs> really? So he's not a professional hockey no. player. He's a practice player. He helps him practice. Um, so <laughs> basically, the Hurricanes were up 3-1. Uh, to one. Both their goalies got hurt in the first period. Wow. So they bring this guy in, a Toronto native, yeah. playing goalie for the, Carolina against the team he helps practice huh. with. Yeah. Uh, and two, so two-plus quarters. Periods. Periods, I mean. Quarters, yes. obviously, are 
for, uh, forced. So <laughs> it says, Ayers managed to make history in more ways than one. He became the first emergency goalie to win a game and the wow. oldest goalie to win a regular season debut. That's insane. He was on the ice for 28 minutes and 41 seconds, clocking the longest time in a game for an emergency backup. He uh, he saved 8 of 10 shots on him. Jeez, wow. He let two go. They ended up winning the game 6-3. <laughs> um, and his payment for his two and a, you know, two and a quarter periods, yeah. give or take, of work was $500, and he got to keep the jersey. Great. So. Okay. But a good story. I think it's, it's kind of cool. It's That's really cool. I mean, it feels like a Disney movie, right? Yeah. I don't think that could happen. That can't happen in any other sport. No, I didn't know. I didn't realize that there were emergency goalies. Yeah. Apparently, there's an emergency goalie in every city huh. uh, during the game who you. is a just a dude just a nobody just, just a, a dude that's, uh, like just like helps in, yeah. in, a, in a pinch an i guess amateur goalie <laughs> yeah which is bizarre I, you'd think that they would have like a they'd have somebody that they would pay to be that person but i guess it doesn't come up that often i mean i guess you'd that, be yeah i mean how often two do goalies two goalies get hurt that first period yeah. like what what are you doing yeah to get two I mean, I wow don't, yeah yeah, the other things I want to talk about uh, tonight, uh, the Oregon women were playing Stanford. Yeah. And Sabrina Inescu became the first player in Division I college basketball, this is men's or women's, to have a career with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. She's the face of college basketball, no matter the gender right now. Sure. Um, an electric athlete. And that's also doing that tonight, leading them to what I think is a victory. I haven't seen the final score. They were up by about 20 last I saw yeah. um, at Stanford. But that's this morning or this early afternoon. She was in Los Angeles speaking yeah. at the Kobe Bryant Kobe Tribune. Yeah. So amazing. Go Ducks. Yeah. Uh, incredible there. Um there is a video that surfaced today from spring training in baseball with the loudest booing I've ever heard at a spring training game when Jose Altuve was announced yeah, and good. then promptly got plunked, got <laughs> beaned. Uh, Vegas has set the over-under at 86, lot, 86 and a half is yeah. what they're putting the over-under at. What do you think, over-under, for the season? What's the average What's the average a player gets beaned? Do you know that? A player? A player. Rarely. Rarely. I mean, unless they so unless, wait, wait, that, unless they wait, crowd the plate. Wait, 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 you're saying eighty six over under like yeah. eighty six times in the season? Yeah. Jesus. For I the think, for I the think, team. Oh, for the team. I thought you were talking for the about team, two. I like, which would I which I believe would be I a record if I remember reading correctly. I don't say, have it in front of me. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say under. You say under. So the reason I I, I think that. If I think at some point people will start getting injected and they don't. Want that's to I yeah. think that at some point Rob Manfred, the commissioner of MLB, is going to start protecting the Astros. Yeah. Because it becomes a player safety issue sure. at that point. That's true. And I, I can see it both ways. Uh, I mean, if I'm, I don't know. Baseball is one of those sports with the unwritten rules. Like you don't, you know, you don't run over the mound when sure. you come, you know, and yeah. leaving the field, and you, you, you know, you're supposed, supposed to hop over the, the baseline on your yeah. way to the dugout and. Um, I, if I was a manager, I'd, I'd tell my starting pitcher, plunk him. Yeah. And Altuve is the first guy I go after. Um, that's the other bet that's going around Vegas is it's the odds on, uh, who's the first Astro to get bean yeah. during the regular season. And their leadoff hitter generally is George Springer. I don't think they're going to bean Springer. I don't know why. Yeah. I feel like he's just never been spoken of in this whole thing. It's sure. really been Altuve and Alex Bregman. Yeah. Altuve usually hits second. Bregman hits third. Yeah. So if they miss Altuve, you can see, see a little more fights too. I imagine a few more. Cool. Benches getting. Cleared. Bring bring it on! I hate the Astros. It's, yeah. It's, um, also at the spring training game this weekend, uh, Astros staff was stealing signs. No pun intended. 
uh, from fans. Are you kidding me? So the 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 signs were the signs were essentially saying something along the lines of stealing signs or banging garbage cans, and they took them away from the fans. Wow. So they were stealing signs that were about stealing oh, signs. <laughs> so it's like it's it's incredible. Um, and then one more thing: uh, the NFL is set to vote sometime soon on a new collective bargaining agreement, a new CBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's. Nothing is really out there that's – no one's actually read this thing because it's all behind closed doors right now. And they've had a little trial vote, and it's going to end up going to the full players' union vote. And it sounds like some players are very against it. Mm-hmm. Some players are are for it. Fine. Yeah. Um, 17 games, right? It looks like 17 games and then seven playoff teams from each conference. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure how much I like that necessarily, but what yeah. they – the owners are trying to lock in – whatever they can because at this current moment the TV contract is the highest value it could have Yeah. because you have a presidential election in 2020 which generally means that there is some flux in ratings Yeah. usually down yeah. Um, and then depending on what happens on who becomes the president in November mm-hmm. could have a an instant effect on economy Yeah. as far as how the owners who are very rich white men mm-hmm handle their their billions and billions of dollars sure. so um i think 17 games is fine if they shrink the preseason they down talking about doing a second uh bye week too i think so yeah you wonder about that and like i know this is funny but fancy football is a, is a mm-hmm. i think that's a big money maker it's a big deal yeah people love fancy football that i can't imagine they would be having a bye week and like during the you know 13 or 14 or whatnot week 13 or four just because that's kind of a big time for fantasy football. I know they probably I don't think, care about fantasy football, but at the same time, they, I think they... they have, I think they would probably figure out a way to structure those bye weeks so that, you know, I think they would legitimately look at it and say, okay, when are fantasy football sure. playoffs generally, generally held? held yeah. And let's have them before so that they don't end up impacting sure. that because... They would have to. The NFL has to be getting some sort of cut out of this, oh, right? Oh, sure. And, just, and it brings a lot of people to the NFL that might not... I, if, that, if fantasy football wasn't a thing that existed, I probably wouldn't be watching football based on some, you know, the, a lot of the other stuff. But I just yeah. like, I just like that. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's a great game. It's I'll a, have to remember to, to ask our buddy Brandon about that because sure. he's a big fantasy football writer for 444.com and his podcast, the Two Guys Podcast. And he he tends to know weird things like this because yeah. I don't know. They have to make some sort of money off of draft I, I, games. I, I, and, they have to. I mean, they have and if they have their own fancy – they have, like, <laughs> fancy stuff on their site. And yeah. Stuff, so they, I mean, huh. they have fancy writers and such. So I don't know, man. Interesting. I'd have to imagine there's something there. Interesting. So – um, when, when I was watching the Oscars yeah. a few weeks ago, um, they had this montage of music and movies and it, it kind of culminated with Eminem performing live, which I didn't quite understand. And it wasn't amazing mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but it got me thinking about like scenes in movies where music plays a really vital role. Sure. And. In some cases, I think it enhances the scene, or maybe it's like the first thing you think of yeah. in a scene. Um, and it's not to say like it's a strong soundtrack or or anything like that, but just like really important uses of music in film. Definitely, I guess. And, we, and you and I both watch quite a few movies. I think you're more of a as um, I would say you're more of a, a critical lens on okay. your film watching. I think you've watched a lot of the the. More important classics and the more artistic films, probably than probably. I have. Yeah, I guess um, you could say that. I think you're more of a film junkie than I am. Okay, I'll put it that way. Sure. Um, and I think I've seen a lot more of the stupid film. 
could be or possibly the action film or depending popular films maybe. popular films I, and that's not not to say that's anything wrong with that I no just, yeah there's 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 room for all film and and I I am quite embarrassed by a lot of films that I haven't quite seen yet yeah. as well yeah so and there's quite a few that I haven't seen to be yeah. fair on the other end of the spectrum so. but I'm always I'm always looking to watch every every type of movie anyway yeah so the idea I had when I was talking to Casey last week when we were recording uh, in our own houses <laughs> separately is I was like hey this sounds like kind of a fun idea like what do you think and he was like yeah I have to think more about it right yeah. oh, and yeah. so I was like okay we'll do like a top five each yeah, yeah that didn't that didn't work no way and because like my no way i could cut mine down i don't know how yours went but my five turned to 10 turned to 20 turned to 40 oh yeah i got 10 there's a ton i didn't um, even put on here and I, that i wanted to and, I, and like, I can't even rank them to be honest with you no neither can i so what i figured we'd do is just kind of write down a handful sure we're probably going to have some some crossover here some that i wrote right. that you wrote sure and, and vice versa um and kind of just in random order we'll just kind of talk about about the song and the scene and, and, and what it meant to the movie and, and how it, I mean, I, these aren't to say these, in my opinion, at least on my list, are the greatest uses of mu- uses of music, but they're the uses of music that I remember the most or have some sort of connection to the scene or the way I felt when I saw the oh, movie course, yeah. or watched the movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you start? Why don't you start us off with one? Just close your eyes and point, bud. Um... <laughs> See Casey's list. If you can't, you know, if you can imagine, <laughs> mine is like very neatly typed on one piece of paper. Casey has got his I, over I a notebook out, yeah. uh, because Casey's got Casey's got thoughts. I can tell. Yeah, some. There's a there's a twinkle in his eye. Let's start with a let's start with a Kubrick movie, Doctor Strangelove. I, I think you have some Kubrick movies on your list. I do. I didn't have Doctor. Str- I, I almost put a song from Doctor Strangelove yeah. on here, and I didn't. So I wonder if it's the same one. I th- I. I what other? I can only. Think I think of it's one. the only song I can I think, think of in the movie. So one song, and that's at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, all the nukes are going off, right? Which is "We'll Meet Again" by yep. Vera Lynn. Uh, when the right at the end, the, the shot, you have the shot of Slim Pickens who jumped on the nuclear bomb because it wouldn't, you know, detonate. And yep. in the end of this movie, it's like it was a mistake. You know, it was all a mistake. They didn't want to actually set the nuclear codes, and and this bomber um, had lost its communications with everybody else. So. And it, I think it got it got hit by something. I don't remember exactly what, but lost its communications and it couldn't drop the bomb. So these people, these people on the plane, think that they're supposed to bomb Russia with the nuclear, with all the with the nuclear bombs, you know, um, when they're not really. And it malfunctions, and Slim Pickens goes down and jumps on the bomb. The mm. classic scene with him with the cowboy hat. He goes flying down, and <laughs> and as he goes down, the song starts. We'll meet again by Barry Lynn, and then. At the very end, there's nukes everywhere. It's just, it just, it just everyone nukes everyone, and that's pretty much the end of the world. And if you know the song, it's a pretty interesting juxtaposition. 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 There you go. Sorry. Or juxtaposition between this kind of the "We'll Meet Again" sweet kind of song. Uh, it's a really pretty day. song. Yeah. It's a really pretty song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then you know the annihilation of the world. Um, <laughs> I thought. I mean, it's a perfect end to that movie. It was an amazing movie, and and and. Uh, We'll start with that one. That, okay. that, so that gonna, one really sticks in my mind for always, that song. Okay, so I'm going to try, as I'm looking at my list, I'm going to try to use your list as a feed-in to sure. mine. We're going to see if we can try to connect this somehow. Not necessarily saying, okay, well, you went you went with that, so I'm going to go with, uh, you know, The Shining, say. Or, okay. you know, I don't want to like connect it necessarily by director or whatever it might be. I'm going to do... Another kind of catastrophe end scene 
more pop culture-y. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go from Fight Club. Oh, I have that one too. The uh, the very end scene yeah. of the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Yeah. So it's, it's when Jack finally comes to terms with the... Uh, to use the word again, the juxtaposition of him and, yeah. and Tyler and the, the dual mentality. The, mm-hmm. um, But he, as he's sitting there having shot himself in the face yeah. <laughs> and bleeding everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, watching the buildings just crumble from Project Mayhem Yeah, at the end. Um, that, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge Pixies fan to begin that with. that song pops in, yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of my favorite... Pixie songs. Oh, yeah. uh, that, every that time I every time I incredible. hear that, I think that may have even somehow got me into the Pixies. I mean, I probably I'm sure I knew who the Pixies were, but yeah. But I think that got me into like, who is this really? Oh, it's the Pixies. Oh, the Pixies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. It's and uh, that song. Every time I hear it, I just think of that. The end, the end of that. Exactly. Movie. And I, for, I mean, for a long, long, long time, I, you know, was just argumentative with people about how Fight Club is this amazing movie, and I will say that it it, it leaves some to be desired the older we get. I haven't watched it in a very long time. Um, but it's still it's still near and dear to my heart. Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote the book, yeah, uh, and helped quite considerably with the movie, um, is is living here in Portland. Um, you can see him all the time if you walk down the streets of Portland. He's around. He looks just like Bob Saget, <laughs> like a handsomer Bob Saget. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it has you know Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, and it's just it's incredible. David Fincher is the director. Everything about that movie just speaks to to where. I was, except for the rage, I guess, sure. but like the destruction of the, you know, of capitalism and society. But, uh, you know, that movie came out in 99, I believe. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think um, the year we graduated high school. Yikes. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. 20, so, 20 years. It's, you know, it, was, it was an incredible movie. It's an incredible end scene. It's the only song, I believe, in the entire movie that's not the Chemical Brothers. Yeah. I don't or know. no, the Dust Brothers. The Dust Brothers, Dust Brothers did there. The Chemical Brothers did Matrix. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm rambling year, right? now. 99, I think Matrix. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Matrix was early. And yeah. Fight Club was like I think in June or July it released. Sure. So it was a summer blockbuster. Yeah, that was like a big right. year for movies. It was. Oh man, where do we go from here? <laughs> There's nothing to really connect that. But let's let's just go to. Uh, when did this movie come out? <clears throat> the movie that came out. Um, th- this is an opening, an opening um, of the movie, and okay. it's and it's Donnie Darko. Oh, I have that too. You have that, yeah. I yeah. guess you probably would. Yeah, I have that on mine. It's you know that uh, head over heels, tears for fears, um, just just it just stuck in my mind that you know how how they that that song. It's another that turned me on to that, that song when I heard it. I'm like, oh my god, I have to listen to this. Like, what is yeah. this? Um, but you know the scene of it just it's like a slow motion montage of showing all the characters at the beginning of the movie. Yep. Um, all through the high school all hallway, through basically. High school, yeah, kind of this just moving. Um, yeah, so that, that that one's a great one for me. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Like I know a lot yeah. of people, a lot of like you know, critical film. I don't want to say critical film critics, but like people who are very critical yeah. about film and very kind of argumentative about about the the artistic, you know, sure, the the, the, the canon of the the film. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's a great um, movie. It, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of almost like a gateway film. Like I think people yeah. who don't really like 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 deep movies can mm-hmm. watch that and be like, huh? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, like I want to yeah. watch something else similar to that, or you know, definitely. Um, that movie holds holds a lot. I, 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 yeah, I like that one a lot. It's really it's close. I to like my it. Heart. Yeah, I really like it. I, I watched it a ton. When, I did too when we were it's younger. Um, yeah, I never watched the uh, 
re what he did like the director's cut. The director's cut. Yeah, he's kind of a he's a bit of a hack. Is he though? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what else he's done. Richard Kelly. Richard Kelly. Yeah, he did another movie with uh, it was like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Southland Tales. Southland Tales. Yep, I think The Rock might have been of that too. Huh. But The Rock is in everything. So yeah, he's only directed five movies. Well, there might be a reason. Yeah, probably. Um, hit, hit gold once. Yeah, I'm glad you have that in there though, because that's yeah. that's a that's a great movie. Um, hmm, where do I go from here now? I'll do another opener. Sure. I just gotta figure out which one I want. Um, I'm gonna do an opener from another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Okay. How about we do that? Zodiac. I have never seen Zodiac. I've always wanted to. Okay. So Zodiac, another David Fincher film. Yeah. Um, and the song at the beginning that I'm thinking of is Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan. So Donovan, one of my favorite, um, I'm going to say classic artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the song is not really a, a, a sad or uh, kind of creepy song. But after you watch the opening scene of Zodiac, you kind of never hear it the same way again. Okay. And that I think is... It, a really important piece of why this song is important. So basically the scene is there's a couple that are parked in there, you know, they're making out. And this is back in the, whatever, the sixties or whatever it was when the Zodiac killer started his, uh, his spree. Yeah. Uh, but they're, you know, getting more physical and they see headlights pulling up behind them and they, yeah. you know, should we should go or no, it's okay. And blah, blah, blah. And it ends up being the Zodiac killer. And you know what happens there. And it happens as the, that song escalates. Um, it's just, Fincher knows how to use music in movies. He's, he, I mean, he did it in almost everything he's done. Um, just a really good film. You should see it. I, I think yeah, you. I think you would really like it. It's very. It's filmed in a very film noir way. Okay. Which, which I know both of us like that that yeah. style. Um, yeah, I think you'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my list. All right. Well, let's go to. Um, Fearing Loathing in Las Vegas. Do you have anything from them on there? I do. Yeah, I wonder which one. I do. Let's see if we have... I I, I feel like we have different ones for some reason. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. I have White Rabbit. That's what I have. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's such an amazing scene. White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. First off, it's an incredible song. Great song. It's it's an incredible song. And it's just just a mind-blowing, insane scene with Dr. Gonzo, who's out of his mind on whatever drugs he's on at that point. Everything. Uh, I think it was... was it that mescaline? Point. It was acid. Was it acid? I think it was acid in the I'm bathtub. I'm sure it's a lot of stuff. Acid I'm in sure the bathtub, acid in, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's sitting in the bathtub, just dirty, murky water, and, he, and, he's, <laughs> and he's listening to this song, and then he starts screaming for... Uh, for um, uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. Johnny Depp's character. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and he comes in. He's like, "I want you to throw the radio in the bathtub when it peeks <laughs> yeah. at uh, feed your head." Yeah. Um, and then he ends up tossing a grapefruit. Grapefruit in his face <laughs> and running out of the room. I, I just I love that scene. It's it's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, it's great by far yeah. um, for a lot of reasons, but yeah. a big part of it is because that that song. That song is so haunting. Yeah, it's so haunting. <laughs> It's in, just incredible. And, and the grapefruit. He, and he freaks out. And God. Um, th- there's another song in that movie that I almost picked, but I just, it just, it, not quite the same. Which one? It was a, the other Jefferson Airplane song. Um, uh, what's, you know, God, what's the other one? Shit. I can't think of any of it. But there's another, another Jefferson Airplane song. It's not ringing a bell. I'll tell my I head. think it's when uh, Johnny Depp is, is in, just, they first kind of get there and he takes the acid for the first time. Oh, and okay. He goes in the bathroom and, 
and like uh, spills the acid on his sleeve. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah. And then the, 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 I think it was that flea. Yeah. The flea goes and starts sniffing it off his arm for you know. Then that scene, that that like uh, guy in the suit comes in. Um, don't you want somebody to love? Don't you yeah. want? So anyway, that was yeah. great. But, but which of one, course that song when you hear when you hear that song it means with the cable guy. I think a cable guy too. I was actually I was thinking about doing both. Like I think of this mostly with cable guy as well, but. Um, yeah, so that's, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, uh, where do I go from here? Then there's not a good branch from there. No, there's not. Yeah, we're just kind of randomly, but that's okay. There's not a good branch from there. I feel like we're getting like a lot of the like, kind of like, uh, what's the best way I want to put this? Visually stunning movies, I guess. Is like I think Donnie Darko has some has some visual effects, and and the Fear and Loathing, I think is it's, it's you're supposed to kind of feel like you're on a trip watching it. You oh know? yeah, of course. Um, so I'm trying to use that as a branch, but I'm really not seeing a whole lot. I guess I'll do um, I'll do Perfect Day from Lou Reed, and that's uh, Train Spotting. Hmm. So that movie I've never seen. Oof, boy! It's a uh, buddy. It's, uh, yeah. So uh, it seems. <laughs> It train seems like it's spotting a hard one for me to want to jump into just because I've heard train so. spotting is a, rough. <laughs> it's it's rough yeah it's rough it's in my opinion by far is Danny Boyle's best work okay um and it's uh it's rough but um the song that everyone remembers from train spotting that really sticks out to them is Iggy Pop Lust for Life because mm-hmm. it, it was you know it, yeah. almost like the anthem of the song uh, but this this song in particular is Lou Reed was haunting in his own way. And a lot of the music he made, even when he was Velvet Underground, it was haunting to a certain extent. And this is um, when it's it's uh, the best way I can put it is it's like a floor sinking overdose scene. Yeah. Where it just feels like everything's falling. Sure. Uh, for Renton, one of the characters, and it's just uh, it's, it's it's very it's like visceral. Mm-hmm. It's like really it's like it's hard to watch. Yeah. But it's like the song makes it harder almost. You know, and that's why I, I yeah. really like the scene. Um, Danny Boyle used to be such a great director. Yeah. It just kind of, I don't know. He made Slumdog Millionaire, which I thought was horribly overrated. And uh, I don't know. He's, he's made some sneakers. He's made some good hours? ones, too. What was that? Did you ever see 127 Hours? No. I never saw that either. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have much interest. Yeah. Fair enough. For whatever reason. I didn't either. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> oh man, let's see. That was a nice, effective pause. Well, here, here's a here's a good transition in a way. Uh, okay. Um, well, I guess, kind of. <laughs> anyway, so Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, I have I've rolled Tenenbaums on my list too. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So you're, I have I have, I have, I have two songs. I couldn't decide, so I put them well, both so in the I. same line. Yeah, they're the same ones, obviously. Are they the same ones. Well, my number one is Needle in the Hay. Like yeah, Smith, absolutely. And that scene uh, with Luke Wilson, who's, uh, you know cutting his hair, shaving his head, shaving his beard, um, and then says he's going to commit suicide and yep. then does. Yep. Um, he doesn't die, but... Spoiler um, alert, jeez. <laughs> I think at this point it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful song and it's a perfect scene for the song. I'm and, all in on anything um, Elliot Smith. Yeah. Any, I'm a, I mean, we're Portland kids. We, we, you know... I just... I'm half and half on Wes Anderson in general, but Tenenbaums is probably my favorite movie of his and that, that scene in particular is just so perfect... Um, with the way it's cut and shot, it's I mean it's yeah. it's not showing him like from the beginning to the end shaving his head. It's like these cuts where it's yeah. like shaving the and it just obviously cuts you know and then he cuts his wrists. Yep. Um, and then his you know his family family or whoever else is there kind of rushes him to the hospital. And he ends up living, but um, 
great scene. Do you want to talk about the other one? Yeah, it might not be the same one. So my, the other one I have is These Days by yeah, Nico. Same one. Is I it, can okay. only think of two in that movie. Okay, so there's a ton in that movie. I'm sure there are, but those uh, are the only two that really stand out for so me. So Luke Wilson is sitting um, in all of his long-haired and bearded glory wow. <laughs> on the bench mm-hmm. at, the, at the, 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 the bus terminal. And the Green Line bus pulls up and, and Gwyneth Paltrow's character comes out. And it's the first time that they've seen each other in over a year yeah. since his basically his exile, his like self-imposed exile away. Sure. Um, they're, you know... The, madly in love yet aren't you know acting on it or letting sure. the other know necessarily yeah and it's this it's this cut scene of back and forth between Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson it's mainly Sitting just there. their faces just back and forth and the lyrics the slow motion and the the lyrics that that Nico again Velvet Underground yeah you know with Lou Reed but uh you know like I you know basically saying like I don't do much you know, whatever these days, and like yeah. it's it's long with like all these different things, and it's just it's it's such a simple scene, mm-hmm. and it's really it shows how how great of a filmmaker Wes Anderson could be. I mean, Tenet Bombs in general, I think, yeah. is just like beginning to end is a really, it's really fucking good. good movie. Yeah, um, and he has some good movies. He also has some stinkers, but he has some really really yeah. good movies. And I think his problem, my problem with Wes Anderson is he has like parts that are good, yeah, but not a whole Sometimes film. Sometimes it's just a little too overkill. Overkill. Yeah. Life Aquatic to me was overkill. I liked Life Aquatic, but oh, it wasn't my favorite. It had some parts of a little. Eh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I I love Rushmore. I'm I've watched Rushmore several times. I've never really gotten yeah. into it. I need to watch it again. But I've tried okay. it like three or four times. I just I it's never stuck with me. That's fine. I mean, it's I know, but the I beauty hear, of I, film. I'm yeah. kind of sad because I hear people lo- like that's their. Favorite I really like Ten of Moms is my favorite Wes Anderson. Sure, film. me too. Um. Yeah, but that that scene with Gwyneth Paltrow is just. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just incredible. Anyway, yeah, just you should incredible. go on to your next movie. Well, God, I don't know where to go now. Yeah. Trying to, oops, trying to cross these off as I go. So I can... You need a pen there? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's all the Wes Anderson I have, so... Yeah, that's all that I have as well. I'm going to have to go a different direction. I'm going to go in a completely different direction. How about that? Sure. So, one of my favorite um, uses <clears throat> of music... In a film ever, great uh, is from Blue Velvet. It's on yeah. your list, yeah. And it's obviously at the, towards the end of the movie. They're in Dreams by Roy Orbison, mm-hmm. um, which is so horribly disturbing. That entire scene, yeah. Is which, just, one you, which scene? Because it plays twice. It's at, at when he is uh, when he's lip syncing to it. Okay, sure. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell's lip syncing yeah. to it, and Dennis Hopper's just looking at him with this crazed look on his face. Yeah, like you don't know if he's shocked or well, angry or he, sad yeah, he or requested what. it, right? He requested it, yeah. and he just has this look and on his like face. There's like these weird people dancing in the background because like, David Lynch is a crazy person. And like, and, yeah, and uh, um, Kyle just kind of standing there uncomfortably, obviously. Very and uncomfortably. Like, Hopper at first he looks really happy. Yeah. I watched it. I just watched that scene like recently, and then like towards the end he like all of a sudden just gets angry for whatever yeah. reason. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And then there's there's violence on so many levels, oh, yeah. and I it's just, I just love that he that when he starts singing, he turns on the mic and the light shines in his face. Yes, and it's just that's it's, a, it's just an amazing it, scene. It, that's it's like, the first what? time I remember seeing Lynch use like the lip sync. Sure. Because it became, it was it was very prevalent in Twin Peaks. Yeah. In both Firewalk with Me and in in both the Return and the original series, it was it's prevalent in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. 
going forward. Uh, it's the first time I saw it. I think Blue Velvet is just incredible. Yeah. Sure. Oh, it's great. And then they bring that song back for, I think, they, they take them on the ride right after that. Like, yeah, 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 and they, yeah. They take him on the ride to wherever, because yeah. I don't remember exactly what happens. I think he kind of talks back. Um, they take him on the ride in the car, and then they play the song, and he asks them to turn it on again. Des Hopper's character. Yeah. And then I think he, like, kisses him on the mouth, and he's, like, and he uh, and he's like huffing his, that oxygen, whatever that is, the oxygen tank. I think it's nitrous, isn't it? He's telling him, telling him, don't be a good neighbor. Yeah. Don't be a good fucking neighbor or whatever. Um, and that scene also is just one of the most terrifying scenes ever, and any, and, and, Hearing that song, I just instantly think of those two scenes and like how frightening, frightening they are, and um, harrowing, and just yeah, it's a great use of a song. Do you think that's and Hopper's best work? Not to get I, too I far off tangent, but no, no, I'm, I'm thinking I, I, I can't think of anything better. He's done. I mean, he's done a lot of great, amazing things, but God, that's like a, <clears throat> that's like the perfect bad guy. I can't think of a like a more. I mean, I'm not counting Super Mario Brothers when he played you know King Koopa. Well, obviously that's the best. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's his best work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'd be hard-pressed to argue He's against that. that. I'd be hard-pressed. I think it's your turn. What do you drink? Heineken? Fuck that shit. Paps Blue <laughs> Paps Ribbon. Blue ribbon. <laughs> uh, well, let's I love move it. to another Dennis Hopper movie. Oh. Not really. He's only in oh. it for a little bit. And oh. I, I know this is on yours because we kind of talked about it, but um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, and the song that I'm thinking of is The End by The Doors. Yeah. Um, just probably the, one of the best intros of a movie I can think of ever. Um, the music starts and it's like... Um, a slow build. So it's a slow build, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, the, if you know the song, it's it, it, there's, you know, slow parts in it of like showing the jungle and hearing the helicopter. Um it's almost to me. I don't know about you, but the heli- hearing the helicopter is almost the most frightening part of the whole. Sure. Thing. Yeah. It's like a, like it's for like, some well, it's reason just, it's very it's slow mo. It's like yeah. It's like really just echoing and yeah. like it's oh man yeah yeah very very creepy sounding yeah um, and the music is very slow. It's building, but um, and then you see like a helicopter. You you hear it. you don't really know it's a helicopter. I mean, you guess it is, but then you see like the kind of the bottom of the helicopter go by as the music is going, and you hear the 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 rotor sound and then all of a sudden this is the end along with the napalm exploding yep. and blowing the jungle up um my beautiful friend the end and then it's and it shows kind of it shows that along with showing um uh martin sheen yep. in a hotel room so it's obviously him having flashbacks about his time in vietnam yeah um while he's resting in a hotel room and out of it and kind of gone crazy like you do uh, like you do yeah. um <laughs> and it's a great beautiful beginning of the movie and like when when they show that he's like upside down and as he's kind of coming to reality they move his head a little bit more yep. towards um like a normal up and down you know top and bottom it's type. It, i i'm hard pressed to think of a better beginning of a movie sure that might be as good as they get for the opening. Sure. Yeah. You know. And then and then he brings it all back around at the end with the same song where they, they he calls in the the napalm to destroy Colonel Kurtz mm-hmm. and his his little army. Um, yeah, that, that's that's one of my favorites ever and a perfect yeah. use of a song in a movie. So, do you consider that a war movie? 
Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make sure I have a link yeah. here because, like, I no, well, I just and you know, there's one more song in that I'm just really quick is no, the, the Ride yeah. of the Valkyries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I mean, that's kind of iconic, like that the Wagner and the mm-hmm. the helicopters, um, Robert Duvall's uh, cavalry coming in to save the day and move his, mm-hmm. you know, just get get rid of the all the Vietnam, the Vietnamese that are. Uh, at the point where they want to get their boat in and to surf as well, but um, that, well, that's yeah. a great there, scene. With there that. was a significant amount of surfing there. It, that as was well. mostly but. why you, you was okay with doing it. Um, that's uh, yeah, that film is. I love that scene too. Anyway. I have a hard time rewatching that really? film. I watched that film at least a dozen times. Yeah, I just I, I find it really disturbing. It is disturbing. And another no film doubt. I find very disturbing. So this is the link here. Great, is, great. Uh, is Full Metal Jacket. Great, yep. And do you have that on your list? I do. So I think we're gonna have different things. Do you? I think we are. Because I have the Mickey Mouse theme. I thought about that, and we do have different things. Okay. It's a great theme. I love so that. It's yeah. a great theme. Great, great song. Great. It's my theme. favorite theme. <laughs> you know what I mean. M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Exactly. Come yeah. on, man. Mickey Mouse. Uh, no, it's just, it's, it's just... It's this incredible scene in the film where it's almost all very young soldiers marching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they're, and they're chanting the Mickey Mouse theme. Yeah. And it's this this symbolic kind of passing of their youth, almost sure. like it's it's chilling. Very and chilling. If you, I mean, if you've never seen them, if you've seen the movie, that, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen after it, that that end where, um, I mean, this that sniper who was taking them all out was like this young girl, and like and he yeah. shot her, yeah, to to put her out of her misery, pretty much, yeah. Um, and and then they went to that, yep. yeah. Right to that, which right is that. it's and it's, then to paint it black, <laughs> and then the paint it black, yeah, because yeah. why? Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, no, but I think that's just like it's such a great symbolic use of a a theme song that has touched multiple generations of children. Sure, um, and probably not our kids because we don't have the Mickey Mouse Club anymore. No, you know no. it kind of died with like Timberlake and Britney and all that, yeah. <laughs> like you know, but. Uh, I mean, I remember it as a kid. Yeah. I'm sure you remember it as a kid. I'm sure most people listening to this probably remember it as a kid. Um, you know, and all the way back to whenever it started back with like Annette Funicello and and, mm-hmm. and that, that crew. That must have been like the late 50s, early 60s probably. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we're talking generations of generations growing up with that theme being a, a happy yeah. memory. Mm-hmm. And then Kubrick just throws the curveball at yeah. you with it and it's just it's disturbing and it's still beautifully shot because yeah. that's what he does that's what he does yeah and so what do you have from full metal jacket mine is the beginning okay which is uh yeah. the song goodbye sweetheart yep. hello vietnam yep which is it's a pretty easy one to pick um I'm, yeah i mean it's it's the shot of of all the characters you're going to see in the movie and others young guys getting their hair shaved because they're getting put into the army they've been yep. drafted or they have been they have enlisted or whatnot but you know that's their innocence is gone that's their mm-hmm. hair getting cut that's them becoming quote men you know what, yeah. whatever um being just kind of thrown into war that's a great scene that that's a goodbye sweetheart hello vietnam i mean that's that's what they're they're leaving their world to go to vietnam yeah um, it's ugh, yeah man. And then, Dude. you know, that first half of that movie, Dude. like, that sets that up. Yeah. So, yeah, well, um, I'll move on to another Kubrick and a little okay. bit, another song, <clears throat> Clockwork Orange. Okay, so you probably have the same thing there. <clears throat> we might. Um, yeah, well, I, 
kind of the same thing you're, you're you were thinking of there with the with um the Mickey Mouse Club like singing in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, which is like, I love that song. I I've and but and I still love it. I still like to sing it. It's a nice song. Mm-hmm. Um, do you sing it? I do sing it. Okay. I actually really do. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm it's, picturing you like skipping down the street no, with an umbrella. I, I was now. singing it with with Miles for a little bit, and he, he was actually actually really loving it. And like, okay. Like going, yeah, singing in the rain. Um, and he was singing it too. Um, <laughs> oh, that the whole conversation change. But it's change. also, but at the same time, every time I hear, sing, whatever, that scene always comes mm-hmm. into my mind, which mm-hmm. is kind of dark, obviously. Extremely you think dark. it's it's the most disturbing, darkest scene, scene in the movie. In that movie easily by far. Um, and that that's the whole point. Uh, he and the crazy thing is, he's doing to you what, um with that song that um, the characters in the movie are doing to Alexander Large and the Ninth Symphony with Beethoven because he yeah. loves that song. Yep. He loves that um, symphony, that piece. Um, and it's, and he's, you know, you probably know the movie that I know, but it was, it's, it was ruined for him because, because of what he did. Yep. Which, you know, is that, I mean, do you feel bad about that? But anyway, at the same time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's kind of a piece of shit. So maybe that's okay that he got that, piece of movie but anyway at the it's, end, v- it's a very interesting movie because you find yourself rooting for him you do you, you find yourself do. rooting for Alex and you really shouldn't no not at all but you do yeah. it's my favorite Kubrick movie and I know that Kubrick is is almost almost flawless across the board with his films and there's mm-hmm. something about clockwork that's always it, yeah, always just spoke to me it spoke to me as well and I don't I know it's not his 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 best film as far as yeah. um, you know as as far as just having a, a, a clean story from beginning to end or cinematography even. I don't know, man. It's a uh, pretty beautiful, beautifully shot scenes in that movie. It's so technicolor. It's so like this bright, just like, yeah. it's so, but also really, there's also parts of it that are really dark and yeah. not bright and like concrete and, and uh, cold. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Got a little bit but, but I, I, I never really thought about the fact that like eh, that singing in the rain is, is, like he he did that to a lot of people. Yeah, like that, that song yeah. is now kind of including us. Yeah, including us. Including yeah. us. Anyway, thanks a lot, Stanley. That's brilliant. <laughs> I think I think it's really brilliant. Oh man, uh, geez, I don't. I guess okay. So I have oh, I could go two different ways here. All right, I'm gonna go with the the one I don't think you have on your list. Okay, how about that? Hip to be square by Huey Lewis in the news I do not, from yeah. American Psycho. Okay. Have you seen American I've Psycho? Seen it, I saw it once a long time ago. Do you like remember. Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I haven't listened too much of them. It's a line from the movie. Is it? It is. Okay. Yeah, look at that. I, I so, literally haven't seen it in probably twenty years. American Psycho, if you haven't seen it, is a beautiful caricature of the eighties. Because Patrick Bateman, played by Christian Bale, before everyone knew who Christian Bale really was, um, in his current form, I guess, sure, is uh, he, he's exactly what the title says. He's a psycho. He's a he's a mass murderer. Sure. Um, and the scene in, in in general is he has uh, a coworker named Paul Allen. You know, rest in peace, Paul Allen, mm-hmm. former owner of the Blazers, <laughs> uh, played by Jared Leto, and they're in his apartment, and uh, he is jealous of Paul because Paul has a better business card. 
I vaguely remember. Uh, it's very yuppie. It's very, sure. very much uh, New York in the in the early you know, mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has him in the apartment, and he says, "You know, do you like Huey Lewis in the News?" And he goes in this tangent about how sports is a great album, and and uh, you know this song in particular, yada yada, and the whole thing. He has this a couple different times in the movie, but this this is the iconic scene because. As he's saying this, and, and Jared Leto's character is is very drunk, and kind of you know head down, just kind of close to passing out. Close to passing out. While he's doing this, Christian Bale is kind of dancing around behind him, putting on a plastic smock and like doing yeah. all these different things. And then the hey Paul with the axe and just bam right in the head. Yeah, it just keeps on going. The blood splatters up while Hip to Be Square is playing in the background. It's an amazing scene. Uh, I love this movie. So much because it's it's disturbing yet it's so just off the wall out there. It's so unbelievable, and at the end you don't know what's real and what's not. Sure, which is another you know it's a yeah classic movie twist, right? Um, yeah, I knew you weren't going to have that because I feel like I like that movie significantly more than you. Yeah, I, I haven't been exposed to it enough. Yeah, you I should watch it again. I would like to. You should watch yeah, it again because I, I yeah I, I love it. Well, then I'm going to pick one that you haven't seen, or not, not that you haven't seen, that you would not have on your list, okay. that at least I don't think you would, because it's, um, it, there's no lyrics, it's a, it's okay. a, it's pretty much a score, but it's, <clears throat> it's uh, from The Good, Ben and the Ugly, and it's the final duel by Neil Morricone, who is I know exactly what my, you're talking of about. Of course, yeah, yes. Which is one of my favorite composers of any movie ever, of any, of movies ever, um, uh, <sighs> He used him a lot. What's his name? Uh, Sergio Leone used him a lot, and, and you know I could go through like all the films and the amazing music that he did for him. Along with he did some film, some music for uh, Tarantino, but this this is the final duel in that in that in that movie. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know who hasn't seen this movie. It's it's amazing. It's pretty much the the three main characters: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Blondie, Tuco, Angel Eyes, um, are, have finally met together. They're looking for this treasure in this graveyard, this big circular, huge graveyard, um, and uh, so the scene is uh, Clint Eastwood's character has written written what gravestone the treasure is under and has put it in the center, and they've all kind of gathered around to have a shootout to yeah. whoever wants that, um, and it's like this this just amazing music of like guitars and this pianos and really like spaghetti western kind of raw and like echoey um just amazingly composed while uh he's building the shots like it's going slow at first looking at each person each uh character's face Mm -hmm. um and then it's going faster and faster along with the music and you're looking at the eyes like of the of the people looking at each other you're looking at the the hands inching closer to the guns um and it's the best scene of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely I the think. best scene of the movie. I mean, I it's think. a great movie, a lot of great scenes, but it's de- that's that's the best scene of the movie. It's it's a great scene in all of cinema. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think you know, yeah. and you have like Clint Eastwood with that cigar in his mouth, that little <laughs> tiny cigar, and um, and then he, and and then you know the end happens, and it's it's great. Trumpets, pian- yeah, I, I don't know. I I got nothing more than that. <laughs> Trumpets, but, but yeah, mic drop. <laughs> I just I just love all the, the musical instruments that he uses and uh, and uh, and the the way it's composed. It's just it's beautiful and it's perfect. And uh, I love anything in, in Neo Morricone. So yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I find a connection there. So I specifically made sure that I didn't put anything from musical sure. or any instrumental. Yeah. On my list. So, um, 
And by instrumental, I mean like the you know, composer. Sure. Because like there's, there's so much I could do. I mean, I, I, you could you talk about Star Wars. You yeah, talk about, but that's so much. different. That's, it is significantly different. I think, I, I think like John Williams is like, obviously, it, you could, anything John Williams does in the movie wouldn't be the same without him. But yeah. the, the, like that movie in particular and that music was like so intertwined and perfectly and perfectly in unison with each yes. other. That, yes. that, I, that I would never put a Star Wars like John Williams. It is. So it's, it's, like, you know. it's different because like if you if you go back to any of the Star Wars movies and Darth Vader's walking down a, a, a hallway, sure. you know, or, you know, whatever in the ship and it's, the Imperial March is playing, like that's fine. Yeah, they all and, have their And don't get me wrong, like if you're a Star Wars fan, that's one of the most important things in the, the, the universe. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you. But the way that The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly uses that, that, that composer, that composed music, that classical music essentially mm-hmm. is in a much different way. Very different, yeah. A much different way yeah. than say like the like the helicopter flying over Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other John Williams. Anyway, um, natural natural transition from good to bad, the ugly yeah. is to Spike Lee. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm gonna do um, "Fight the Power" by Public Enemy. Okay. Which is the opening of "Do the Right Thing," which um, I think is somehow become one of the most severely underrated films of the '80s. Yeah, and I think it's one of the most important films of the '80s. It's uh, it's one of the first films. It's the first film I can remember by a black director that directly identifies and tackles racism. Sure, and it's it's incredible. I think Spike Lee is in, just he's become incredibly underrated. Yeah, as a as a as a filmmaker. Um, I mean, she's got to have it, which was his his first film, his first feature film. Uh, it's, it's fantastic if you haven't seen it. Um, but do the right thing is really where he he caught his groove. I mean, do the right thing is a absolute beginning to end, flawless movie from the eighties. Hmm. If you want an artistic movie from the eighties, yeah. uh, that's that's a go to. It's not uh, it's not going to have the shine as a lot of the action movies and and things that you think of when you think of eighties film. Sure. But it's it's incredible, um, and and Public Enemy just in general are are so underrated as a yeah, as a rap hip hop group. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck D is one of the most underrated lyricists of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it fit, and it was is from the get go. Fight the power is such a powerful song. Yeah. That it it just that opening credit and the the, the dancing to the song, and it's just it's just. It's a flawless beginning to a film. Knowing, like, no, after seeing the movie, yeah, so many times, like knowing what you're going to see, it's a perfect opening. Sure. To it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. On a side note, Melissa and I uh, had a little date night the other night, and we we decided it was the one year anniversary from movie movie made the movie list. Yeah. So we uh, we essentially took all the blank spots and yeah. refilled them in. All the. Wait, all the blank- all the ones that we'd watched that we took off oh, the nice. list, so we okay. filled them back in. Great. So do, do the right things on that list for me. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what category oh. it fell under, but do the right thing was on there because I just I haven't. Do the right thing was not nominated for best picture. No, of course not. You know, <laughs> you want to know who won that year? Tell me who was nominated. Uh, well, you'll if I tell you who's nominated, you'll know who won. Yeah, but I want to know who's nominated too. Field of Dreams. Beautiful film. Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, it's it's a good film. My My Left Foot. Okay. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. yeah. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy one. Yeah. Driving Miss Daisy is a beautiful movie. Is it? It is. I've 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 heard that's I mean 
it's it's not best picture beautiful despite the you know black man driving the no it's woman. it's horribly horribly racist yeah. but the thing is like they like they they form a friendship that goes beyond employment <laughs> yeah i'm selling it hard yeah yeah uh fun fact about feel the dreams i have never been able to watch that film without crying it's been a long time since <laughs> so uh, melissa and i were just watching. talking about this the other night so anyway it, we're getting way off topic yeah. here but like i'm a i'm an absolute <laughs> babbling like? baby is this heaven no it's kansas no it's kansas oh, oh my god just I'm, I'm tearing up just <laughs> thinking about it god damn you all right okay so i i had to do the right thing it's your turn okay I'm just gonna go back to quickly to uh, another war movie, and it's Platoon. Ooh, and, boy, um, yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is obviously another. I do not have this on my list. This but is obviously like. well, it's composed music, so it's obviously yeah. another composed um, song. I don't know what if it, what it was composed for, but it's been used in several movies. But um, it will forever stick in my mind as the as the ending of Platoon, yep. which is. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we got there. Just, uh, it's called Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber. Yeah. Um, and it's when um, whoever's left alive, they get in the helicopter, they, they get off. But but um, Sergeant Elias, who's played by Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe has been, has, he's, they thought he's dead. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Uh, I think Tom Berenger's character said he was dead. Yeah. From what I remember. And said, yep. he's gone, we gotta go. And as they're leaving, they look down and they see... One American soldier running, followed by, you know, 30, 40 Viet Cong. Um, and that soldier is Sergeant Elias, Willem Dafoe. And, uh, and, and, and you know, the, the scene of them in the helicopter, like, kind of looking at Tom Berenger. And Tom Berenger's getting that look like, oh, shit, he's going to make it. And then, and then he gets shot, and it's the famous scene of him dropping to his knees and putting mm-hmm. his hands to the sky while the strings are playing. Um, that, I, that just, for me, is just... It's a, it's a beautiful, sad, heartbreaking scene, and it's like the loss of loss of uh, Charlie Sheen's complete his innocence is completely gone there, and like oh yeah, um, and like that in was, so many ways, in so many ways, and that was like his good, <laughs> that was his good, uh, his good side was was gone now, yeah, and 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 you just had Tom Berenger there, um, oh, a beautiful scene, and, and that God. that's that song just it's it's haunting and and sticks in my head, and anytime I hear it, I've heard it in a few other movies, and I'm thinking. Yeah, this is fits here, but this is the platoon song. But this is this is Willem Dafoe getting even, shot why down. Why are you even using this? You shouldn't be using this. It's it a little forever be that. Oh god! Great movie, by the way. Man, I don't know where to go after that. I'm sorry. I had it would yeah. I had to throw it in there somewhere. I thought I just dropped the bomb there. Yikes! <laughs> um, I'll go Shaun of the Dead. Oh great, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Fantastic. I don't have that on mine, but I thought about it. That was like uh, I was like I'm on my brain, and I was like, oh, that's so, what I'll leave off. I don't know, but. If you think it's Shaun of the Dead, you're probably thinking Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Yeah, which is where they're they're locked yeah. into the pub, and uh, they all you know equip up and sure. get ready to kill some zombies, and here we go. Yeah, and it's just Shaun of the Dead is incredible. It's a great movie. Uh, I think you're right, man. He's made right. a lot of great movies. He really has. He really has. Uh, and all different. I don't really have much to say about the scene. It's just a, it's it's, 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 it's gory hilarious. and hilarious, yeah. and it's it's still like it's it's powerful enough to like keep yeah. you drawn in because you do care about the characters, of course. Throughout the whole thing, it's just it's fantastic. That movie yeah. is so. It is what's intended to be a a silly farce that is so intelligently done. Yeah, that it's just it's almost like a standalone yeah. thing. Like you have to, you could have very little knowledge about previous zombie movies, sure. 
Did you just throw your pen? Just drop my pen. Anyway. Um, no, yeah. You have right. no knowledge about zombie movies, yeah. and you can watch this as a standalone. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Did we see that in the theater yet? I don't remember. I don't know if we I did don't think so. Mid to early to mid two thousands. Yeah, early two thousands. Well, really, it was before. It was before I met my wife, so it would have been. Maybe I don't know if we did. I really don't know. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I, don't know. I may have not have seen that one in the theater. Okay. Huh. Either way. But yeah. Either way, I love. I love yeah. it. Great it's, movie. Yeah. Two thousand four. Okay, what should we jump to? Well, I'm just gonna take the big step. Um. The, the, the big, big step. Okay. Well, the I big I, step to the big Lebowski. Well, and, and I I, I left this songs. off my I left Lebowski off because you knew because I know that you love Lebowski and I knew you would have something. Of course. Um, Take us away. Take us away. I, I'll start with the man and me. I mean, yeah. Bob Dylan, that uh, opening, opening uh, scene of just, just bowling, pretty much like. Uh, yeah, it's a, what a great song to start a movie off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we were silent arguing over a beer. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we're idiots. What yeah, a great scene I mean, to start a movie yeah, off, is what you know, said. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I, that's a Bob Dylan song I never knew. Um, and, and I've always been a big Bob Dylan fan, and and um, but anytime I hear it, I, I think of that intro immediately, and how amazing it is with the the Big Lebowski graphics and like the all the bowling montage stuff and like, yep. Um, I think my favorite is probably the Hotel California by the Gypsy Kings, not by the of the Eagle song, obviously, yeah. but but the uh, Gypsy Kings did this particular one, yeah, of the Jesus, um, and you see him for the first time. In this movie, uh, and it starts with the 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 quiet guitar solo guitar in the in the intro of the song, and it's like um, the Jesus getting ready to bowl. So it's him. Um, t- he's tying his shoe, and he's like pulling up his socks, getting them ready. Slow mo, all slow mo, drying his hands on the on the bowling yep. air vent with yep. all those crazy rings, pulling the bowling ball up to his up to his mouth and then licking it in a yep. very sexual weird way. Yeah, um, because he's a weird guy. Yet yeah, also cool. Very cool, <laughs> except for you know, yeah. And then he bowls the strike. Yeah, and uh, like, and, like do. does the like little do. dance. Do you know uh, I've actually tried to do that almost, except for the licking. I've never licked the bowling ball, yeah. but like I faked licked. I've I've done the whole thing yeah. in faked licked. Yeah. Guess what? No strike. No strike. Yeah, you don't. Have, you're not the Jesus. I'm not the Jesus. Yeah. Um, great scene. I'm the atheist. Yeah, and then and then uh, <laughs> just dropped in Kenny Rogers. So no. Oh yeah, just dropped in there. Never yeah, mind. never mind. Uh, that yeah, that's after yes. he was drugged at Jackie Treehorn's compound, and was having like a fever dream, pretty much. Which of, all, is, of all, and his dream was of all. It's the, the most shit. famous scene of the movie. Yeah, I it's mean, it's, it's yeah. the dream of all this shit, all the shit that was happening to him, pretty much mashed into a dream because yeah. it's a dream, you know. Yeah. Like uh, all the weird little things. I mean, if you watched, if you watch it again, thinking about, I, I feel like some people might miss that, but. Um, if you're not really a huge fan of the movie, or if you you've only seen it once or twice, but watch that scene again and watch the movie again, and then when you're watching that scene, like you'll like just like a dream, you'll see all these the weird little things that happened in the movie before. Yeah. And this whole movie is like that anyway. There's all these weird little things that there's throwbacks. That pop, all oh, yeah. tons of weird throwbacks yeah. that pop up. Um, 
That's one of my favorite movies of all it's time. A really, it's a really smartly made movie. It is, and, and I've grown to... I, I was not one who, like, it didn't take me, like, two or three times to watch it to really like it. Like, I liked it right off the bat, but over the years, there's so many things that you just find in that movie. And the music's great. Coen Brothers, all their music's great. I mean, uh, you know, you could pick Llewellyn Davis's... The whole movie is, is has a great soundtrack, but... Yeah, but I agree. But a great soundtrack, so... I agree. Um... Okay, I'm going to go to my first of a bunch of John Cusack Great. movies. I'm going to go High Fidelity. Um, and the song I'm choosing is Dry the Rain by the Beta Band. Okay. Oh, yes. Gosh, that's So right. if you remember this yes. scene, I'll play this scene out for mm. you. I've watched so it so many times. I it's, love it. It's Jack Black doing his normal, um, almost like patronizing a customer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't own blonde on blonde? Like, yeah. that's perverse. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and then it's, I forget the, the, the actor's name, the the, ner- the really nerdy of the three. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's talking to Sarah Gilbert. Yeah. He says, you know, I think like Green Day is influenced by yeah. two bands, you know, The Clash and, 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 and Sticky Little Fingers. Sure. You know, Stiff Little Fingers. And uh, plays the song. And then John Cusack says, very calmly, very coolly, as John Cusack does in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell five copies of the Beta Band EP. I love that. Yeah. Great, great scene. And he says, do it. And he puts it on, and it's just this groove. And this groove hits, and you see all the customers just kind of bobbing their heads, getting into it. And the one guy, the one super dorky white dude, says, who is this? It's the Beta Band. Uh, it's good. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just... I love that scene. And then That's they catch great. the kids shoplifting it right there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. like, and it goes on to a whole different mm-hmm. part of the movie. But that that film is that film speak is always speak to me because it's it's a that film is essentially just a series of lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I am a sucker for lists. lists. Me, so, I as well. Just like they're like, so, what's, the, I, what's I, I've always wanted to do this, but like one of the one of the lines is like. Quick, name the name the top five first songs on any album ever. Oof, like that. man. And then, like, yeah, that was great. That's, that's, so, those, those crazy lists are great. That made me it. think of something. So usually the top, like, first songs on an album. Yeah. Jake and I, our buddy Jake, who lives in Texas now, who we went to high school with. Shout out to Jake if you're listening. Hi, Jake. I know you're not, he, but he's not, yeah. he might. He's listened to a couple. Has he? He might. Oh. Hi, Jake. Hi, Jake. Anyway, <laughs> so Jake and I had this rule. We had two rules in high school. One was uh, the best song on an album is undoubtedly song number two. Because <laughs> it was like every new release, the second song, the second track on that CD mm-hmm. would be the best song by far. Hmm. And it started because of Blur, song two. Oh, <laughs> Blur. Yeah. It's like it just kind of started. It became a running joke. Sure. Yeah. Well, we also had this other rule that that was kind of what I was getting to. But the other rule we had was if there's if there's three good songs that we hear on an album, you have to buy it. Okay. Three was the magic number. Three. So, right. Anyway. Right, cool. Shout out to Jake. Hi, Jake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's, I mean, High Fidelity is just, Love it's, it's a film that is really about music and yeah. about relationships mm-hmm. and about lists, yeah. more importantly than anything else. Yeah. And, it's, and it's Cusack, and I, I've, I've been a sucker for John Cusack for the longest time. He's made some real bad films. Sure. But he's made some incredibly important, I think, films. Mm-hmm. Not great, not good. Yeah. Just important. Just important in like where I was when I saw them as sure. a kid. I went through like maybe a ten year period. Where I would watch High Fidelity like three, four times. A I year. love that's it's my <laughs> it's my favorite Cusack movie. Yeah. Um. 
And I like it for the by a slim by, by a slim margin. There's there's one more. There's another Cusack movie coming yeah. up and later on my list. Yeah. Um, that's not the one you guys are probably thinking of. Um, although that is on my list too. But it's uh, anyway. There's there's more Cusack to come. Okay. I'm gonna jump to an ob- an obvious one. Um, and that's Wayne's World. Yeah. And Rhapsody because I mean I've seen, we've both seen oh, yes. that movie so many times. I feel like that might be either that or Ace Ventura. Two. Might have been the two films that we watched the most together. Maybe <laughs> or maybe Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber actually might yeah. win that. Uh, now yeah, I think about very it. Very well, could. Uh, we watched. God damn, we watched Wayne's World. I, I I no joke think I've seen it. 40 times just with you. Oh, easily. Yeah. Just with you. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it, but there was a period of, of, yeah, back back in the day when... The Mirthmobile. Yeah, Mirthmobile. <laughs> if you get a spew, spew into this. But I mean, that, that scene is just iconic, classic. I mean, you know, they get in the car and start rocking out to Bohemian Rhapsody. And that's when I was introduced to be Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen. Yeah. Was that. I think, I, think, I think it was probably hundreds of thousands of people our age sure. who yeah. were introduced to yeah. Queen... Because of that, and I love that song. I know you, you probably get a lot of boomers that that hear that song. Like I've heard this song so many times on the radio over the years. I'm like, no, I can't get enough just because of that. And I think of that. I think of that that yeah. scene all the time. I think of Garth. I mean, hearing that Garth or um, Dana Carvey didn't actually know the song when, when they when they sang also, it. Also, how do you so not know the I know, song? That, that, that's I don't know. I have no idea. How do you not know that song? But you know, um, <clears throat> who didn't know the song was it was like doing the. Um, Watch his mouth. And watch his mouth. Exactly. Watch his mouth. He's, he definitely does not know the song. No, that's no, no lie. Idea. And I was, no always idea. thought that was hilarious. And obviously, Mike Myers loves the song and knows it yeah. very well because he's doing the little drums and the yeah. nothing really matters. Anyway, great, great song, great scene. I love it. That's an easy one. But I love it. I also, it's not, it's, not on my, it's not on my list, but yeah. I, it also makes me think of Ballroom Blitz. Sure. Ballroom, Ballroom Blitz, Blitz. Yeah, that song. Yeah, that's right. Or, or Dreamweaver. Mm-hmm. Dreamweaver. <laughs> of course, Dreamweaver. <laughs> So, I want to watch that movie right now. Yeah. I even uh, like the second one. I think it's underrated. I like the second one. Dot the uh, cross the T's and dot the lower case, case J's. Kevin <laughs> Enough brown M and M's to fill a brandy glass, or Ozzy <laughs> wouldn't go on stage that night. That's I had to good. beat him to death with his own I shoes. Had to beat him to death with his own <laughs> it's shoes. So stupid! I love it. I love it so much. Do I have a comedy on my list? Can I bridge to a comedy off of that? Oh, I don't think I do. Yeah, man. you have one. I know one that you have. Because it's on my list, too. Maybe you don't have it. I don't think I do. I tried to stay away from the like the, the obvious stuff. So maybe, maybe it's not. We were talking about it earlier. What film? It's the, rap, the rap song. The other rap song. Oh, space. I was going to let you do it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Oh. Anyway, you do whatever. You do whatever, buddy. Oh, wait. You have a lot more than I do. I do. I, 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 I don't. I have a good amount left, but I, by looking at your list, you definitely have more than no, I. I don't think I don't have the main left. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna go to a super obvious one then. Okay. Uh, the Breakfast Club. Okay. Yeah. Which is which is the iconic ensemble '80s movie. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. The end. Um, with Judd Nelson walking off with his fist in the air, yeah. walking across the field. It's just that might be the most iconic movie song of all time. Yeah. And I don't know if there's an argument for another song, to be honest with you. I think that might be the the song from movies. Like it's I don't think it's possible to hear that song in any any way without thinking of the Breakfast Club. Okay. I think the other songs you could like you, you could be like, Oh yeah, I've that's never seen the Breakfast Club. Ooh, boy. I know. <laughs> we got some we got some movie watching to do, bud. Yeah. 
Uh, Breakfast Club is is. is I'm probably going to alienate myself here by a lot of people, but it's it's not a great movie, but it's an important movie. Yeah, it's um, important to somebody that it's important because we'll see it for the first time at 39. You'll enjoy it. You'll appreciate it. There's okay. parts you'll appreciate. Uh, John Hughes is. Dude, John Great. Hughes was just like he was like the ultimate, just like banger after banger yeah. in the eighties. Like and he, write, writer, writer and director. Vacation. Yeah, yeah. And then Breakfast Club, and he wrote Home Alone, yeah. and Uncle Buck, and yeah. uh, Pretty in Pink, and uh, she's having a baby, and it was Plain just like automobiles. Playing trains and automobiles. It was like one after another, like that. Like, Bueller. Yeah. Weird science. Huh. I, I intentionally left Weird Science off this list, by the way. You don't like Weird Science? Well, the song, Weird Science. I oh, left it off the list. Uh, yeah, I got you. Oh, I, I, see what I also stayed away from Ferris Bueller because I was really close to putting either the Oh, yeah sure. song yeah. on there or the uh, um, Twist and Shout. Yeah, sure. Which I thought about doing, but. Um, yeah. Also, can we just agree? You've seen Ferris Bueller. Yeah, a number of times, right? Can times, we can yeah. we agree that Ferris Bueller is not the main character of that movie? It's Alan Ruck. Mm-hmm. It's Cameron. Sure. That movie is about Cameron. Yeah. It's his day off. Yeah. Anyway, tangent, <laughs> tangent. I just I I, I I've okay. always felt that way. Anyway, your your turn. <laughs> well, I'm, we might as well do Office Space. I'm getting since, all heated since about Ferris Bueller. But I mean, uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster by the Ghetto Boys. Great! Dude, I love that movie. It's, it's those a guys underrated movie. I those mean, guys worked that printer. I feel like yes, they did. I <laughs> mean, the whole, the whole whatever start whatever of that scene of him just that—that's like the start of him, like not giving a shit at work. Like, yeah. like going up to the door of the office and like he's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to just open the door." And he pulls out like the drill from the the handyman's like yeah. uh, <laughs> belt and like just totally takes the knob off. And then he goes like fishing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, no, the, he parks in you know Lumberg's spot. And uh, and and lumber gets to park in the handicap spot and he gets towed. Yeah. And, and he goes fishing and like and like and like like uh, guts the fish in the office. It's yeah. great. It's a great scene. Great song. Damn, feels good to be yeah smashing the the printer that's always giving them troubles. Oh, that film is so. It's great. Great. It's so underrated. I think there's, there's really not a bad I, I point of that movie. I think if you've seen it, you're like, this is one of the best comedies ever. And then, but I feel like still not a lot of people have seen it. I don't know how that's. I don't know how it's possible. Also, I don't know how anyone in that movie didn't become like actually like famous, famous. Like Ron Livingston has had a nice little career of bit roles. Yeah. Um, And then I mean Jennifer. I mean Jennifer Aniston, obviously. Yeah, but like I mean Dietrich Bader didn't really do a whole. He had like bit roles again. He had the. I mean, before that, he had his. He has his. uh, um, Third from the Sun. Was before that, right? Yeah. I mean, but after that, you're right. He didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, like you know. I mean, Stephen um, Root's been in a ton of stuff. Yes, he, Stephen Root's been in a keep, ton of stuff. Um, dodgeball. And I didn't know who he was um, then, but but looking back, I'm like, man, that's Stephen Root. That's fucking Good. Milton. Yeah, that's <laughs> Milton. And now he's in like, um, um, what's that show on HBO? Uh, with uh, shit, you know, the show on HBO with uh, shit. What's it called? It's driving me nuts. The show on HBO. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a. Give me a second. You're gonna know what it is. Barry. Barry. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where I'm going on this. Bill Hader. Bill Hader's and Barry. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So you go. You go off a of space. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm gonna go. To. 
We'll go back to the 80s. Um, I'm going to go Top Gun. <laughs> but I'm not going to go Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone, yeah. as a lot of people would. I'm going The Righteous Brothers. You've lost that loving feeling. Uh, it's one of the best scenes. I, I also could have gone Take My Breath Away by Berlin, but mm-hmm. I didn't. It's a fantastic soundtrack, by the way. Uh, but that scene with The Righteous Brothers is... I feel like it's 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 the most you see those guys like sharing a brotherhood. They're up there singing together. Mm-hmm. Um, the the song itself is incredible. The Righteous Brothers are one of the greatest artists greatest artists of all time. Um, and that scene gives us the the infamous line from Meg Ryan saying, "You know, take me home, Goose, or lose me forever. Mm-hmm. Take me to bed or lose me forever." Yeah. Um, and it's it's just that movie is so good and bad at the same yeah. time it's incredible how a movie can be so great and so horrible at the yeah. same time yeah. uh, I mean that volleyball scene will live forever that is that is <laughs> awesome uh, yeah so weird that's incredible and it's coming back in the sequel yeah it is that's, yeah. there's gonna be more shirtless volleyball more, yeah. I'm all in man your turn <laughs> that's all I got that's all I got uh, that's all you can this say. is another obvious one but how about Beetlejuice uh, Dale. 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 Yeah. The the possessed dinner party. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, but that that always sticks out. I love it. I love how at one point I believe Catherine O'Hara is walking like an Egyptian. Yes. During yeah. it, and it's like, wait, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I got for that one. That's, yeah, it's, that's it's, one an, that, it's an incredible yeah, scene. I that's guess. an incredible scene. There's a lot and of these things we're gonna have that cool. Mo- what's that? There's a lot of these. I feel we're gonna be like, there's a scene. Yeah. And that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running out. I got like. I got uh, a couple more I can talk about. Oh man, I got much more. I know okay. you do. Okay, That's so what I was saying. I would pick your like maybe three, three or f- three that you like. My three, <laughs> three or four that you really like. <laughs> it looks like you got like eight more or something like that. Maybe ten. I can go quick on a lot of this stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, I have some, but there's some that I just can't like go in depth, and it's like all right. Let me let me, r- like, let me run a couple quick ones then. Sure. A couple quick ones. Uh, in your eyes by Peter Gabriel from Say Anything. Okay. Uh, it's the scene with the the boombox. Yeah. From Say Anything with Lloyd Dobler holding the the, the boombox and um, Lloyd Dobler is one of the one of the most hopeless romantic and still somewhat stalker creepy characters. Yeah. Ever, like yeah. you can really go either side of the line there. Yeah. Um, but again, it's 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 like Pete Cusack. It, yeah. That's really yeah. when he had his uh, his run. Also, Ioni Sky, fantastic in that film. Um. Other ones I can go through really fast. Uh, another Cusack movie, Gross Point Blank. Okay. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay, you need to see it. It's fantastic. So Gross Point Blank is all about John Cusack going to his high school reunion. Okay. His 1986 high school reunion, right? Sure. So it's, uh, I don't know if it's 20 year or 10 year. I think it's 10 year, obviously, because it's 96. Um, so it's 10 year reunion in Gross Point, Michigan. Um, and he goes, but he's but they don't know about him is that since he's graduated high school, he's become a contract killer. Yeah. So he's this... Horrible hitman. Sure. And coming back. And the scene in particular that I, I highlighted is uh, Queen and David Bowie under pressure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's under pressure is playing in the background. And he's talking to, uh, you know, someone he went to high school with who has a baby. And she says, here, here, hold hold him while I get his bottle. And sure. he's this, like, stone cold killer. And he holds his baby. And the camera keeps going back and forth. And this baby smiling and him. Yeah. And this look of fear. And sure. vulnerability on his yeah. face, and the baby's smiling and laughing, and he's just yeah. like he's like, slowly warming. Yeah. And then uh, Minnie Driver, who's in that movie, 
comes up and then at that point the camera cuts back over to Cusack and he's holding the baby and feeding him in the bottle. Nice. <laughs> so he's like he's become this like soft sure. wonderful person. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a great film. It's one of the best indie movies of the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Without question in my opinion. Uh, one more really quick I can do um, is uh, Night Call by Kavinsky from Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drive is a severely underrated action movie. It is go 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 the entire time. Uh, I think it's it's one of the best things I've seen Ryan Gosling in. Uh, and I need to watch that again. I remember really liking it. It's I so thought the good. love scenes, the love, the love story was a little weird. The love story is weird, and like maybe it could have just been with out. the kid and the whole thing. It's just yeah. like, it just seemed kind of weird. But like he, Night Call is the techno esque song, kind of uh, yeah. dancey song that you hear at the very beginning, um, with heavy auto tune. Uh, and it says he's driving his first, the first getaway you see. Sure. Of him yeah. as he's the driver, right? Um, it's incredible. You know what? I'm going to do one more. Okay. While well, I'm thinking of this. All right. I'm, I'm cranking through my list real fast. That's fine. Uh, and the last one I want to put that real fast is Baby Driver. Oh, Baby Driver's great. Opening a Baby yeah. Driver, Bell Bottoms by the John Spencer, John Spencer Blues There's Explosion. There's so much you could have picked in there, too, though. And I'm, I'm going to go with that one, though, because you don't really know anything about the movie at this point. Sure. All you see is baby in the car, yeah. and he's singing, and he's tapping, and he's doing the whole thing. And he looks over into the car, and he sees the gunshots in the bank. Yeah. And then he looks back at the camera, bell bottoms, yeah. bell bottoms. <laughs> and then they get in the car, and he just plows it in reverse and spins, and then it becomes this incredible action scene. Yeah. Car chase scene, which like you, I mean, you kind of know what's coming, but if like if you had just gone to see the movie, sure, not knowing and knowing it was is you know. The way it was promoted, because it wasn't promoted as an action movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. That song is incredible. Music plays such a vital role in that film. Sure. Thank you for letting me borrow it, by the way. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's a great one. I mean, the whole, yeah, the whole point of, I mean, music is is huge in that film. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm going to jump on a couple of Tarantinos really quick. Yes, do. Uh, The the first is Jackie Brown, which is one of the most underrated Tarantinos. Yeah, it's the the opening scene, which is uh, Bobby Womack. 110th Street. Yeah. And it's pretty much her, Jackie Brown. It's, the, oh, the, it's her on like, she's a f- uh, flight attendant. Yeah. It's her on that, all you see is her torso up on, as a side profile on the, uh, on the, the, the moving walkway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's her like just standing on that and like the movie and the, the, the camera is following her and then she gets off and she's walking and it's like, you just know right away that this is like a powerful, amazing character. And, um, I, that, that's one of my favorite scenes of his and, and that movie. That is not at all what I was expecting you to go no? with when you said Tarantino. I, I love well, it. I, have, well, the, I love the, it. The second no. one you, is Pulp no, Fiction. No, okay. Which yeah. song, though? Uh, I picked the, the You Never Can Tell Chuck Berry. Okay. The, the dancing. I, I actually put two on here and there's there's a more in that movie. There's, there's several so in that movie. Um, I mean, that's so iconic, you know. You have uh, Travolta who just, I think he just snorted heroin. Yep. Um, so he's all down and, and, and just kind of like, you know, not, not with it. And Uma Thurman's character is like, let's, I, I signed you up for a dance, dance competition. Yeah. And, and like right there, like the first time watching that movie, I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> like he's just going to go up there and start like in a dance competition. She's like, you better win pretty much is what she said yeah. or something like that. Like I, I want to win. I, I don't remember what the prize is, but she's like, I want to win that. Yeah. Um, and then they go up there and have that iconic dance off together Yep. with, you know, the eyes and the, it's great. It's a great scene, and um, what was the other Pulp Fiction song you had? The other one is, is the opening of the song "Miserloo." Okay, yeah, which is just like icon- I mean, it's just yeah, like that. but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I wasn't sure if you're gonna go like "Girl, You'll Be a Woman" soon because that's kind of when the movie turns to like 
I'm kind of remotely innocent yeah, to not. That's when she when she overdosed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's dark. There's a lot you could use off that. Honestly, that was a yeah. great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Uh, what else do you have? You have one more with Tarantino, right? Uh, no, I said two. That was the two I had. Oh, so you um, don't have the one I have. Well, I don't. Have, I didn't do Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs because I knew you were picking Reservoir yeah, Dogs. Yeah, well, because it's my. It's and my... it has two two pretty iconic songs. That well, I mean, the the first one isn't. I mean, the the one you're you're probably gonna say is the iconic, and there's another. The one, one I'm saying is definitely the yeah. most popular iconic sure. scene from yes. that film. Yes. In general, and that's when Michael Madsen cuts the ear off. Yes. Uh, and to, that's uh, uh, stuck in the middle with you by uh, with by you. Steelers yeah. Wheel. Um, I'll never be able to hear that song again without thinking of that. Of course not, yeah. And that's just everywhere in pop culture. It's just it's stuck I think that's why I think that's why that song. And I think of the Simpsons too, of like yep. of the glitchy and scratchy uh, version <laughs> yeah. of like the the hippie, like just pouring the gasoline on and dancing around and yeah. I I think that song that scene is my most iconic okay. film yeah. music crossover scene. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, yeah. I have more. How many do you have left? I mean, I have. I have a handful. I have a few others that are that are fine. Um, I'll, I'm gonna go with another. There's only a couple I really have like a lot to say about. I'm gonna so. go with another um, composer. Okay. Yeah. And it's a. I'll do. I'll do two Hitchcock movies real quick. Yeah. Um, awesome. Because most of those. Because one of my favorite other favorite composers after Ennio Morricone or with him is uh, Bernard Herrmann, who does a ton. He's done a ton of movies. Um, he actually did Taxi Driver, which was crazy. He did the, the soundtrack of that, Didn't which is like this crazy jazz. But um, the first yeah. one is Psycho, and this, the piece I'm particularly thinking of is when she's in the when um, God, I can't think of the actress or the character's name. But anyway, she's in the car driving <laughs> after she that one exactly. Um, and then Buster Rhymes took it for his own song later, which is thank you for too. pointing that out because I was um, about to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so she's she's taking the money, she's off on the road, and she's now feeling a little guilty about it. And the, yeah. and she's driving this car in the rain, in the dark, going to California because she wants to be with someone that uh, – uh, she wants to be with someone somewhere else. Yeah. Um, that's so so it's tense. So, yeah. she, so you can see like this 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 really tense music going on and like the windshield wipers and like cut the cars coming the other way with the headlights in her eyes and she can, can't see and like she's having this inner turmoil and it's all connected really well and that's when she goes off the road and finds the base motel. Yep. Pretty much. Um, yeah, whoops. Yeah. Whoops. So I think that that, that <laughs> music move, for me is, it, it was perfect for that scene. It, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm glad that you chose yeah. that. And the other, yeah. the other one is um, actually the man who knew too much. Oh. Um, and it's K Sera Sera, which is kind of a mm. if if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not gonna sing it. Um, Would you? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but l- l- it's a song that's kind of known in the movie. It's it's throughout. It's like the the mother and daughter know that sing the song and they and they know it and they um, so later in the movie it turns into a prop that. The daughter gets daughter is the son. The son gets kidnapped yeah. by this rich family and is kind of holding him hostage, um, ransom. Um, that, yeah. So they're in this. They know he's in this big house later on in the movie, and um, she starts singing the song to all these peep rich people, knowing that he might hear it upstairs and run down, or you know they might find him. Yeah. Um, it's I don't want to go through the whole movie, but it's a pretty underrated. Hitchcock movie. Um, I haven't seen so it in a long time. So it's a really, it's a pretty emotional scene of her like belting out this beautiful song 
trying to find her son who's been kidnapped and she knows he's in the building and the only way for him to get to her is for her to sing the song perfectly and beautifully and loudly and uh, and not like break down crying. Yeah, it's so chilling. it's chilling. It's chilling, and, and that's and, now that we're parents. It's very chilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock does a really good job with with uh, music in his movies, and I could name so many more, but they're all composed, and a lot of them by Bernard. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Where do I go from here? Uh... I'll give you one to end it on. I mean, I, I got like maybe two more, and then you should end it on something. So I have, let me see here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left. Okay. Do you want me to run through a couple of them? It's up to you. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah. Right. I, got, uh, I, got, I would say I have a good two. Okay, so I'll, let me run through a couple of them then. Okay. So uh, Karate Kid. Okay. Joe Esposito, you're the best. If, if you love an 80s montage, yeah. you love this song. And you love Joe Esposito for singing this song. Yeah, uh, that's all I have to say to that. My okay. kid, my kids know this song. Sure. Like Oliver will ask the Alexa, the Amazon Echo <laughs> in our house. Alexa, play "You're the Best" nice. from Karate Kid, and it will. And it's it's incredible. Okay. Um, the uh, another one I have on my list is um, you could you could really use a couple different movies for this one. Uh, it's Freebird. Okay. By Skinner. Yeah. Um, it was. Prominently featured in Kingsman, if you ever saw that with Colin Firth, it was the um, super fucking cool action movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm using it as uh, the the end scene of the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Which was the Rob Zombie sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, um, where they are on the run and they there's no end, there's sure. nowhere they can go, and they're just. They're driving into a sea of cops with Freebird blasting, and they're just guns out going, yeah. and it's just carnage. And it's just—I've never been a Skinner guy, and I don't like Freebird. Yeah, as most human beings don't. Yeah, but it fits. It fits really Great. well. Yeah, it's really really well. Uh, it's just—it's long. It's like the entire song, and Freebird's That's long like as seven hell. minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very long minutes. scene. Yeah. Uh, one more really quick that I'll just—I'll jump in there is. Um, from Almost Famous. Yeah. And it's Tiny Dancer on the bus sure. with everyone singing Tiny Dancer. It's just, it's iconic. That's a good and one. It's, yeah. uh, it, you know, Almost Famous, I think, is, is has kind of like blurred that line between underrated and overrated so many times. It kind of keeps going back and forth. Like, yeah. there are times where I'm like, man, like people don't love that movie as much as they should. And there's times where I'm like, God, that movie is fucking overrated. Yeah. So yeah. it goes back and forth. Sure. All right. So All right. I've got, I've got one. Two. Hang on. Oh, I'm not even gonna use that one. Okay, we're gonna cross that so one got off. Two? That one's dead. Uh, I have one, two. I have three. three. I have three left. Okay. Um, go, Casey. Go. How about uh, Young Frankenstein? Put on the Ritz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Gene Wilder and uh, Peter Boyle. Oh my God, it's that's, so good. That's when he gets finally gets he gets Peter Boyle. He's you know tries to. Uh, <sighs> Tries to, you know, um, I'm so turn him into angry. A, 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 a member of society, a functioning member of society. Yes. I'm yes. so angry. I didn't think of this. No, I yeah. just like it was like a blind spot when yeah. I was making this list. Oh my god, good That's job. Great. Yeah, 
I mean, that's all I got, really. I mean, that's just a great scene. And, oh, it's like, so yeah. good. Put it on the Ritz. Da, I, when, da, I, da, when, da, I, when I hear put it on the Ritz, because every yeah, now and then yeah. if you're, like, flipping through the radio stations and you'll hear, like, like on 97.1, which is, like, they play play everything. Yeah. As they say, like, every now and then you hear, like, the taco version of put it on the Ritz. Sure. And every time I do it, Melissa gets so mad at me because I was <laughs> not Ritz. <laughs> she gets so mad. I love it. Great movie. Um, love that movie. I will go with Boogie Nights. Okay. There's a lot you can use from Boogie Nights. But the scene that is the most important musically is the scene with Night Ranger's Sister Christian. Yeah. Where everything crashes down sure. with Sister Christian. The the whole crescendo of the song and the drug deal gone bad and it just Yeah. It is a great scene. Uh also, shout out to Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield because that's part of that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, an incredible scene. Okay, you got one left. I got two actually. Two. Oh god, how many yeah. do I have left? Hang on. I keep. I'm. I'm doing a horrible job of crossing out. I, yeah. As I, I'm yeah. going. I may so, have. I think I told you the wrong. I decided to do one that I wasn't going to okay, do. Okay, so I'm going to do that one. I could do one too. I don't have to do this. This one. Am I missing one? Oh, no, there I am missing one. There we go. Okay, I got three. Okay. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'm going to do Oh Brother Where Art Thou, <coughs> even though it's almost a musical, but it's not. That's fine. I mean, um, I, I, I think it is. You think it's not. We'll argue forever on this. <laughs> it's not a musical. Definitely not a musical, but it has a lot of music in it. It's Lewin Davis. You haven't seen Lewin Davis, right? I haven't seen it. Fuck. You have to see Lewin Davis. It's not a musical. No, it's not. Okay. Anyway, um, when was the last time you saw a brother again? Well, it's been. A, I'm gonna loan you both of those movies right now. It has been at I know, but least the, probably neither one of those are on your list, but. Ah, uh, it's been just shy of 20 years, probably. Jesus Christ, man! Put them both. Watch them both. Anyway. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a. Yeah. Uh, so, Man of Sorrow is the one that everyone mm-hmm. would pick. It's a great song. Yeah. And it's it, it's, it's a beautiful in the movie song. several times yeah. and. And, and in the history of music, it's been um, recorded thousands of time, times. Uh, but my favorite, I think, is Go to Sleep, Little Baby, which this whole movie is pretty much based off of Homer and the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's like a secret. but <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, but th- the three main characters stumble upon sirens singing Go to Sleep, Little Baby. And it's yep. just a beautiful song and a, and a cool scene of them, like getting lulled into the into the woods and into this area where they're being hypnotized and then one of them turns into a frog. But I love the song; it's a beautiful <laughs> song. And the funny thing is, like we used to sing it to like help Miles go to sleep, and then we read the lyrics once, and it's like it's a pretty dark song. Like, <laughs> and you're like, like yeah, let's switch that, that up. Huh? But that's that's a beautiful movie and a beautiful song. And there's so many mo- mo- uh Songs in that movie that you could pick for this. Not a musical, but some great songs. Anyway, on to you. Uh, I'm going The Graduate. Oh, yeah. That was Simon on and Garfunkel. Well, no, it's not on my list. Okay. But that was, Sound of Silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Iconic. Just, you, you fight for everything Iconic. you want, and yeah. once you get it, it's not enough. No, it's, <laughs> it's shot just of them sitting in the back of the bus, looking miserable, looking miserable. after all of that. Yeah. Is just that, that song that yeah is it's such a 
it's such a hopeless romantic style of a movie sure. the way it builds and yeah. then you end and it's like it's just haunting yeah just Very like funny. oh god, also, like why try to do anything? I think I still <laughs> like, think of I think of Wayne's World too. Absolutely, <laughs> and The Simpsons, and The Simpsons. This is boogie. But Wayne's World, especially when he's banging on the, on the window, it's the yeah. wrong place. Anyway, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I got two left. How many? You do have you two. Have? I just have one. Okay, uh, let me do one more of mine, and okay. then you'll do yours, and we'll finish from mine. How about that? Uh, Garden State. The yes, shins, yep. the shins, new slang, and that got um, me into the shins. Yeah, it's the well, it got a lot of people into the shins. To be fair, yeah. uh, and that's the scene where Zach Braff and Natalie Portman are at the um, the doctor's office, and he she tries talking to him, and he's like, "Excuse me, I'm filling out my forms." Yeah. And he finally looks over at her and says, "What are you listening to?" Because she has those big ass headphones, <laughs> and like, "What are you listening to?" And she says, "The shins. You ever heard of them?" No. She goes, "You have to listen to this. It'll change your life." And she puts the headphones on, and you obviously hear what he's hearing. And the shins are very melodic, is the best way I can put their style yeah. of music. Mm-hmm. Soft, quiet, melodic. Soft and quiet, melodic, and just soothing. Yeah. Um, this, the shins, more than almost any band of that era, soothe me. Yeah. Um, and Garden State holds a really a soft spot in my heart. I I love that movie. I feel like I, I was the perfect age when that movie came sure. out. That it, it spoke to me, yeah, I, a lot. I, I, I like it too. It has its flaws. It has a lot of flaws. I mean, it has Portman. horrible flaws. The, the, yeah, the the old manic pixie dream girl thing with Nettie Portman. Yeah, yeah, but, but she's she's also one of the most beautiful women in the history of the world, and, and, so. and it has a soft spot in my heart too. Sure. Yeah, it's just that that scene, and he's as he's listening to the song, and it cuts back to Nettie Portman's face, and she's like going back and forth between this like nervous smile mm-hmm. and the yeah, it just it. it it just melts your heart yeah. every time you see it. And, and that, that movie has a special spot in, in my wife and I's oh, heart. Yeah. Because like sure. it's really around time when we met and it, it just... I, I Yeah, it's, I get uh, it for sure. It's just we were the, the exact right age. And if yeah. you haven't seen it, you're probably going to watch it and be like, this is this is crap. Maybe, yeah. And that, that's valid. But Still also, I think it's... It. I mean, Peter Sarsgaard's fantastic in that film. Yeah. And... Um, the, the soundtrack. It's one of the best soundtracks ever. It's a great ever. soundtrack. Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. What do you got for your ender? <laughs> your closer. It's funny. To, the big swing. To c- compare that and Deliverance. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean. Beautiful. I mean, like uh, the, do- the whole do- doing do- 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 Exactly. Do- you got, you got the, the city slicker playing the guitar. Um, is that Buck? I can't remember his name. Um, and then, you know. The dude in the hills playing the banjo, and that's Ugh. that's where the movie goes goes awry. Right <laughs> you after can that. see me shivering when, over when here. The, when the two meet together and play, and that's yeah. when the movie goes awry. That that Yikes. was the last one I had. Yikes! Um, but I think it's I mean, squeal it's, piggy. It's, yeah, squeal like a pig. Squeal like a pig. Yeah. Uh, the last one I have, and I'm really surprised you don't have it on your list. I probably um, thought of it if you're. Saying I'm glad that. this this was saved for the last. It is uh, by Q. Lazarus. The song is Goodbye Horses. It's from Silence of the Lambs. Okay. I've only seen it one time. It's the Buffalo Bill. Like 20 years ago. It's the Buffalo Bill. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) It is the creepiest scene of the movie. Yeah. It is disturbing. That song was then used, uh, I want to say it was in, I think it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Kevin Smith mocked it. Yeah. Uh, but it's every time that song is now officially ruined. Yeah, yeah. like ruined, like straight ruined. up. I if I he, ever hear it, I turn it off. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because it's just, it's ruined forever. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so yeah. fucking creepy. Right. Well, good it ending. puts the lotion well, on it's skin. It's a good thing we ended this with Deliverance and <laughs> Sounds of the Lambs. It's a real feel-good episode, yeah. guys. <laughs> we couldn't have ended it with, like, you know, Wayne's Worlds or something like that. So if, if, if we, we obviously left some very obvious of things did. off the list. Um, so if there's something that you, you think that we left off the oh, list yeah. egregiously, email us, graciousluciouspodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment. Yeah, comments would be great. Uh, comment publicly. Come on. What are you going to do with it <laughs> privately? We'll read that and be like, yeah, you're right. We did. But what? Yeah, put no, it on no, like no, Twitter no. or something. Yeah, anyway, yeah, tw- yeah. Well, there, well, yeah, there you go. You can you can find us on Twitter yeah. at Volcom Pancake at CW McGrath yeah. at Losers Gracious. Uh, send us a tweet if you disagree. If there's something we left off that that you think should have been on there, um, we'll engage. We'll yeah, engage back. We you can find us anywhere you find your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, shout out to the Stubborn Lovers for letting us use their music for the intro outro. So much at the end of the episode, I have to remember every week. I know. I don't know how you do it. Kudos it's, it's to you. It's ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to, and it would be very helpful for us, our uh, our subscriber numbers have been increasing and increasing and increasing. That's awesome. That means you guys are listening to us and you found us and you like us and you're listening again. But give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. It helps other people across the country find us as well. It spreads the love. So yeah. with that being said, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.